What's up, everybody? This is uh, episode 14 of the Long Story Short podcast, and it's a long time coming. We've had several months of no podcasts, um, but we feel like this is the one that we really need to step back into the podcast and share some stories. So I'm here with my brother, Dan Oliver, and uh, we want to talk about the Dirt Nationals because this is something that we really, really wanted to do. And we went down there as a low-budget team from Maine with a car that was built for asphalt ovals and went down there to try and live out a dream taking this car to the Dirt Nationals and just seeing how we compare against the rest of the best dirt racers in the country. And uh, I'm going to just toss this over to my brother Dan right now and introduce him. So Dan, say hi. Hello, folks. I'm uh, kind of the right-hand man of the Oliver 28 family racing team. Um, we, I got the call like three days, or I'll call it a week. I'll give him a week. He called, called me about a week out. He said, we're going to go to PA, try some dirt nationals. And you know what? I went to my boss and said, we're doing it. I'm leaving. So uh, we tried to live out this dream, and here we both are. So uh, this was a long time coming. Um, a year ago in July 2019, we had never raced dirt before, but I was super curious about what it was like to throw a car into a corner on a dirt track and see how you get around the corner. I knew it was basically wheel and throttle, but it sounded like a lot of fun, and we went to the dirt race at Loudon. Uh, with no expectations, a Google setup, and some used tires. We did okay. Uh, I'm not going to beat the dead horse. We basically um, wrecked out, but learned a lot. And we had so much fun that we decided, let's just go see how we can compare against the best dirt racers in the country. And uh, Bob Weymouth reached out to me in August and said, hey, man, uh, the Dirt Nationals are going to be in Pennsylvania this year. They generally alternate between Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. And he basically said, you know, if you want to go do this, this is going to be potentially the closest they're going to come to the Northeast. We don't really have dirt racing up here in the Northeast. So uh, we decided to go. And we went down there. Uh, I got to throw props out to uh, Nick Pistone. I've been working with Nick Pistone this year. I uh, told him that I was going to the Nationals, and he threw me a setup that we put in the car. And uh, He was on par. He was pretty on par. Yeah, we got down there, and right off of the trailer, you know, we were fast. But I guess I should probably back up and say that, um, you know, Bob, Bob Weymouth, great friend. Uh, we found out that, we weren't going to be able to like use mirrors or have any kind of radios. So Bob, you know, the legend that he is decided that he didn't really want to go down there without any kind of radios or mirrors. Both of us are not dirt guys. We're asphalt guys. So sliding around on a track that we've never been to before with a bunch of dirt guys, when it comes to legend car racing, we have open wheels. And if you, bang wheels somebody else it's very easy to turn these cars upside down 
So Bob decided that he didn't really want to go down there, and I completely respect that, but we were pretty much com- committed at that point. And uh, Terry Kirk, uh, listen to Terry Kirk, Terry Daly. You came through on the fly. Terry uh, offered us his trailer, which was a construction trailer. We emptied it out, uh, brought it over to our house, put the car in it, set it up with a spare motor, toolboxes, you know, everything that we could think of, and headed down there. So we get down there, uh, unload. Practice day is Thursday. We have no idea what to expect, and... We went out in the first practice, and I basically was just trying to figure out how to get around the track. And uh, we come in after the first practice, and we're using Mylap's transponders. So Dan looks... The the, uh, race monitor app that does the uh, local tracks and all that around the country and stuff. So I'm sitting there, you know, looking at that instead of doing time trials with, like, a regular stopwatch. So it would be, you know, easier, but... uh, I was kind of his, uh, I don't know, his lap guy, I guess. Yeah, we come in. Dan goes, hey, man, um, you look like you're about 16th fast. And I said, okay, out of how many? And so Dan scrolls down through the MyLaps app and says, there's 60 guys that have been out, 60, 60. And I go, man, we're 16th out of 60. That's crazy. So that's props to Nick Pistone. Uh, he gave us a great setup. Right off the trailer. Um, so, so we go out there, we run two or three more, uh, I guess it was three total practice sessions and we're 16th out of 60 in the first one. And I think we're like in the top 25 out of 70 in the second one. Yeah, I believe it was, I think you were 24th or 26th out of 80 or something like that at the very end of it all. Yeah. And then third practice, I think we go out there and we're, I, I believe it was, 17th or 13th out of 80 in the third practice so we felt like we had a really good car and i decided not to go out in the fourth practice um we go out there the next day friday is qualifying day so the way they set it up they have time trials we go out there there's four cars on the track at once for four laps and they take your best time and they take based on everybody in your division your best time in our class, we had 33. And so uh, they, they line, like we were 12th quick out of 33. So they take 12th quick would have been three heats. Uh, so divide that by uh, 12th quick, three heats, divide that by three. Obviously, you'd be, you'd be fourth. So fourth uh, in the third heat or something. Right. We were fourth in the third heat. That's what we would have been. The unfortunate thing that happened is, is that when I came across to get the checkered flag on the last lap of the time trials, my throttle hung and my uh, accelerator pedal was pinned to the floor. We went into the turn one wall, uh, full throttle, just probably 80, 100 miles an hour, ripped off the right front tire, destroyed the right front, ripped all the suspension off the right front. The right front tire came off, bent the clip, bent the rear end. The car was destroyed. And, and let me back this up for a minute, all right? I am in turn one with my camera because I'm cameraman slash whatever guy in the pit of the 28. Anyway, I'm in I'm in turn one watching my brother come around the checkered flag and 
checkered frag, whatever the hell I'm trying to say. And uh, he comes across, and he's barreling it, you know, like he should be. And comes across checkered, and he's still going full bore. So I'm looking at him coming around turn one, coming into turn one. And I'm thinking he's just going to do, you know, a victory lap, I guess. I don't know. But he comes around turn one, and I'm com- coming down. I'm hopping down the uh, the old bleachers there. And I see the top of his car, and he's not slowing down. And I'm sitting there like, all right, so he's going to go around turn one, just fucking full bore, slide around this thing, fucking dirt nationals, here we go, right? And then I don't see the top of his car, but I still hear the fucking the throttle pinned. And then I hear a big thud. And fucking holy shit. From my perspective, as his brother, crew chief, crew member, whatever, holy shit, man, that, that got my heart racing. So, uh, to piggyback on that, as the guy in the seat, uh, I came across, so we had four laps. The first two laps were not good, uh, and I knew they were not good, and I actually spun out on lap two, so the caution came out. We finished... The last two laps, um, when I spun out on lap two, they threw the yellow, and I was kind of mad at myself. I said, man, you come down here. You've been fast. You completely fucked this up. Like, your nerves got to you. You had two really bad laps. You spun out. So I was talking to myself in the car saying, Kevin, you need to fucking lay down a couple of really good laps because the car is capable of that. So I go out there. The last two laps were beautiful laps. And I came off turn four, and I see the checkered flag waving. And my right foot is literally, like, pushing the pedal, the accelerator pedal, through the dash, uh, through the firewall. Like, I, I cannot push it any harder. And as I come to the start-finish line, I feel a click. And it was the click of the pedal, like, pinning to the wall. I don't exactly know how it happened, but all I know is I came across the start finish line and realized that the car was not going to slow down. So Danny's up in the stands taking times and he's saying, Oh my God, Kevin's coming to turn one extra hot. I'm in the car going, fuck, uh, this thing's not slowing down. So Tom Sawyer, my uncle and Danny are I think getting ready to go back to the pit to see, you know, what the tire pressures are and all that. And Dan hears the car going into one full throttle. And here's the paradox, you know, like Kevin's like, Oh fuck, what the hell is going to happen here? And here I am, my uncle going, Oh, okay. All right. This we're just going to head back. And then it's literally a split fucking second and everything goes fucking South real quick. So, I hit the wall um, full speed. I did not know the magnitude of the thud that Dan and my uncle both said, but apparently it was super loud. And I don't doubt it because I know that I went in there with the pedal pinned to the floor um, as fast as you can possibly hit a wall is what we did. So so let, let me ask you, though. When you're in that car and you hit the wall that fast, just, you know, curiosity standpoint did, did your like limbs like fly around like because i've always wondered that like do you actually like you're when you hit i mean you you're going that fa- fast you know what i mean like you your arms have to be like flying around your legs got to be flying around like how did you not get hurt you know what i mean 
so to answer that question, I mean, uh, when I came off turn four on that last lap, of course, my foot on the accelerator is all the way to the firewall. Like I am trying to lay down the best possible lap because I know that if we lay down a quick lap, we're going to be starting higher up in the heat races and we have a better chance of qualifying in on the heat race. So I'm pinned to that firewall coming down the front stretch. And when that thing hooked, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's a three-eighths mile track. So if you divide it by two, you're talking uh, three-sixteenths of a mile on each straightaway. Uh, and the way that Lincoln Speedway is, it's long straightaways and tight corners. So when I came underneath the uh, start checkered flag and I felt that thing hook, I mean, it was a matter of a couple seconds, and I was already into the wall. So Dan asked me, you know, what happened to your limbs? Like, how'd you fly around? The answer is, I don't fucking know. Like, I realized that the throttle was hung, and I realized that I could not steer the car, and I could not slow it down, and then immediately I was in the wall. Uh, Dan was saying that it was a super loud thud, and I don't doubt it because... When I came to a rest, I hit the wall with the right front, the tire ripped off, the chassis bent, the rear end bent, I got up on two wheels, put the door into the wall, which is hard to do in an open wheel car because your tires are sticking out like 18 inches. So to put the door in the wall, you have to get up on your side. Got into the wall on my side, uh, tore up the right side door, ripped off the right front wheel uh bent the right rear axle spun around came to a rest uh i absolutely do not know like what happened to me inside the car it just happened too quick i mean like the only time i've ever heard a thud that loud was actually at beatridge um jordan emerson this was probably i don't know i want to say probably 10 years ago She's a whiz kid. She was a whiz kid, probably 14 years old at that time. But the last time I heard a thud that loud was when she hit the wall. And she had, she went in a coma. And she came out of it. But that thud, I remember that thud distinctly. And it was it was intense, man. It was very intense. So basically, we threw down a hot lap. We were real quick which was not surprising because we were quick throughout practice the day before and then destroyed the car. Um, I got out. I was dejected. I walked back to the pit. Um, the guys at Lincoln Speedway with the wreckers used what we call the claw and basically put it through uh, the driver's side and passenger side window of our legend car, lifted it up, brought it into the pit, dropped it off at our pit, and I was looking at it going, man, we're fucking done. We, we hauled 10 hours down here. Uh, we laid down a super fast lap, like a lap that was good enough to get us into the show. Um, second time on dirt ever, you know, we're buying, we bought four new tires. We bought a couple used tires. We didn't get them until we got down here. I mean, we're like underdog story, fast, fast lap, good position to get in the show. And then the car just gets fucking destroyed. So we get back to the pit and I'm dejected. I'm looking at it. all of us were dejected at that point. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the car going, it's over. Like, this whole uh, dream that we had is over. And um, I know that Dan 
uh, looked at it, and he was trying to figure out ways to not give up. And I ended up walking down to Joe Ryan Osborne. They had like 10 cars that are top of the line, just like a NASCAR operation. Full-on outfit out there. Yeah, and, and I went down there because I said, you know, these guys are so good at what they do that they're going to know whether or not somebody can weld a new clip onto my car because I was have resources for sure. I was thinking what I've got is completely toast. So we're going to have to cut everything off from the firewall forward and we're going to have to weld a new clip on and we're going to have to start over. And the only way that's going to happen is overnight and we're going to try tomorrow. Um, So I went down to Joe Ryan Osborne and I said, Hey, you guys are a legit operation. Do you know anybody that could weld a new clip onto my chassis tonight? And Joe says, well, my stepfather is pretty good. Uh, father, was it father-in-law? Father, uh, yeah, father-in-law. Father I think it was father-in-law. Yeah. He was, my father-in-law is pretty good at welding. Uh, hey, Ron, can you, can you come over here? So, a guy named Ron comes over and says, yeah, I'll walk down and take a look at your car. So he comes over and uh, takes a look at the car, and he says, oh, I think that we can probably straighten this out. So he's inspecting it, and I'm looking at the lollipop. They got the lollipop there on the front clip that holds the, uh, the trailing arm for the front end suspension. I'm looking at that because that's a pretty, pretty crucial situation there. It's all bent up, stove shit. Um, and he's looking at it. I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. There's like probably like at least six, seven guys hanging around our car, like just doing some stuff, whatever. They're looking at it, just trying to see what we can do to fix it. And this, this guy, this Ron guy that Kevin brings down, he's like, dude, all you gotta do, let me, let me have a, uh, a uh, jack handle for a jack. So I grab a jack handle and he puts it on the trailing arm. He bends the lollipop back out straight. You guys, dude, all you got to do is weld that up, put a stiffener on there, and fucking put everything back together. You're good to go. She's all good. And so, kind of lit a fire in their ass, you know what I mean? It gave us some hope, but I think that this is probably the proper time to say that this Ron guy was Ron Hornaday, who is a seven-time NASCAR champion, not Cup Series like Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty, but seven-time NASCAR champion between trucks and Xfinity, the whole nines, ARCA, whatever. The guy's super successful, and if you know racing at all, you've probably heard the name Ron Hornaday. So Ron Hornaday comes down, grabs our jack handle, rips on the lollipop which is on the right side of the car on the top side of the frame rail and what it is is basically it's where the um, upper control arm on the right front mounts to the chassis so it was bent in because of the impact with the wall ron throws it on top of the lollipop bends it back out as straight as he can tells danny just weld the stiffener on there bolt it back up and adjust and get your numbers. So Dan does that. Dan takes our uh, suitcase boulder that we brought with us to the track. Which was a piece of shit. I'm just going to add that. Those suitcase boulders kind of suck. But... All right. Well, it was better than the <laughs> welder that we didn't have. So, right, right, exactly. uh, you know, he gets that thing welded up. And now all of a sudden we're all going, well, maybe we have a shot here. So Dan's welding that. I'm taking the wheel that ripped off the car. I'm unbolting it 
from the tire. I'm trying to take it all apart because the hub, I think, is still good, but the spindle's bent. So we're grabbing spindles, we're grabbing control arms, we're grabbing everything that we can find. Guys that are competitors with us, they're giving us parts. We're basically trying to throw a right front suspension back together while Dan's welding up the lollipop in, like... It's not ideal, but it's uh, as close as we can get, right? So we're putting the car back together. And this all started at like 8 o'clock at night, all right? So 8 o'clock after the time, 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 yeah, listen to me, time trials, we come in with the, under the, uh, the hook there. 8 o'clock, we start fucking tearing this thing apart. Uh, so we, we miss all of the heat races. So we would have qualified fourth in the third heat, which they took six. I think that we were fast enough to make it in, but we we never found out because we missed the heat races trying to repair the car. So we get the car put back together by the end of the night, and the track is nice enough to let me go out there after everything's done Friday night and just shake it down and make sure that everything got put back together the right way, which we did, and the car was it held together, but it was really bad. Uh, I spun out twice. So we bring it in, and we said, okay, well, at least we repaired the car. The car will go around the track. It'll go left. Tomorrow, we have to put the setup back in it. And, so, and I might add that uh, this was almost promptly at midnight, 12 o'clock. So from 8 to 12, we were sitting there scrambling, getting tools ready, receiving parts from people, getting fucking helping hands from generous people all over, our competitors all my dad, I might add, and uh, so for four hours, I mean, we're sitting there just trying to get bolts and getting all this shit together, and we finally get out there at midnight, and we, we shake it down, but uh, yeah, we bring it back in, like Kevin was saying, we, I mean, we had to, we didn't have any numbers, we had nothing, we, we didn't even put the right tires on the thing to go out there and, there and shake it down, so like, we're, we had a lot of work still to do. Well, at that point, I mean, the whole idea of shaking the car down that night at midnight or whatever it was Friday night was only just to see like, okay, will this car hold together? It wasn't about, are we going to be fast? It was just, will it hold together? And we found out that it would, um, Dan, to Dan's point, you know, we had a left side tire on the right front, you know, it, it was not good. And that's why we spun out, but that wasn't really the point. The point was that the car will go around the track again, which was important. The problem was, is that we missed all of the qualifying races. So the night was over Friday. We're going into Saturday, which is the third day of a three day national event. And our only opportunity to make the main show was to qualify in on the last chance race, the Concy. There was eight cars and they took three and it was a 10 lap race. Uh, this is where I have to throw some props to a guy named Travis Perry. Travis Perry is the number 19 car. He's a regular in Pennsylvania at Lincoln Speedway, and he's also a former national champion on dirt. The guy is really fast, really well-respected, and he came down to our car when we wrecked and told us that, listen— we have seen the speed that you guys have in your car, and it really sucks that a mechanical failure put you in this position. But uh, we think that you guys can still make this race, so don't give up. And that was really cool. So now, 
fast forward to uh, Saturday. Uh, we took the trailer and the car and everything home Friday night. We went back to our hotel, which was York, PA, um, 30 minutes away. With intentions to wake up early and climb on the, the rain-soaked asphalt and start tearing the car apart. Well, not tearing the car apart. Resetting the numbers on the car. Yeah, the, the idea was we were going to drop the rear door, roll the car out into the parking lot of the hotel, and just try to set the car up back to our caster, camber, wheelbase, the whole nine numbers in the parking lot of a hotel. And uh, the nice thing was the night before, our pit neighbor, uh, Sean Miller, he had given us the right front suspension to put on the car. And he had reached out and said, hey, man, you know, if, if you need anything on Saturday, just let us know. So he gave me, uh, gave me his number. I reached out to him and just said, hey, you know, we're getting ready to roll the car out into the parking lot. Um, you know, we'll see you later. And he goes, well, I live two houses down from the speedway. Why don't you just bring the car over to my garage? So we did, and God bless this guy. I mean, awesome, awesome dude. Yeah, gave right. us parts. Very humble guy. Very humble. Gave us the opportunity to go to his garage, so we did. Uh, we get there. We spend probably three or four hours in his garage just, like, putting fenders back together, getting the setup back in the car. Not only that, but he, he stood there for most of the time that we were in there and just was there, you know, ready f- to be helping hands. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was there for – to help us too you know so yeah very good guy very good guy sean yeah. miller thank you sean miller great guy um and so anyway we get the car finally put back together we show up to the speedway which was basically just down over the hill from his garage you know as as the track's opening and everybody that had seen what happened the night before you know stuck throttle basically full pinned throttle into the turn one wall destroyed the car they see us roll our car back out of the trailer with, you know, a new used right rear fender, a patched together right front fender. The car's back together. It's wiped down. It's shiny. It looks good. People start coming down. And one of the guys that came down was um, Travis Perry, uh, the, the former national dirt champion. And he comes down and he says, hey, man. You know, I was looking at the uh, the lineup in the Conci, and he goes, you're starting last, but you can win this race. He's like, you can get into the top three, no doubt. He goes, I know the guys that are in this race, and you can beat them. Like, you're fast. And then he goes on to say, you can't wait. Like, you have to go. It's only 10 laps. You have to go. You have to be aggressive, but you can do it. And at that point, after everything that we had been through and all the work that we put into the car, I had a sense of confidence. And I said, well, if this guy thinks that I can do it, and I just met this guy yesterday. If he thinks that I can do this, I'm going to do it. So uh, we had hot laps on Saturday. We went out there, and we were pretty quick. Uh, Came in. We made a couple of adjustments, and um, they call us to the lineup for the concierge. And uh, we go out there, and um, I'm sitting there in the lineup, and they roll us out. And I, I'll tell you, everybody this, like, this is something that I do a lot. I've been racing for 17 years, and you would think that by now everything is just kind of normal and, and whatever. But no, 
17 years in, I still get butterflies before every single time I go on the track. And so they rolling us out and I go, man, this is my one shot. This is my opportunity. Like we destroyed the car. We came down here from Maine, 10 hour drive, dirt nationals, second time ever on dirt. And we have a shot to make the A main. I've got to fucking go out there, be smooth, don't make any mistakes, and just do what I have to do to make the top three in 10 laps. And so I'm like batting my own helmet saying, dude, just you can do this. Like, be smooth. We go out there. Um, you, you even wrote that on your uh, little piece of tape there in front. Yeah, I put a piece of tape on my dash that just said, be smooth. And I'm rolling out there. Keep in mind, I've still at this point we're on saturday third day of a three-day event still to this point i had not been in any competition situation uh with any of their drivers and i'm in a foreign area second time on dirt i've never raced with these guys the only time that i have on this track so far is either practice or time trials i have no time where i'm racing side by side with anybody and this is my last chance, and it's 10 laps. And I'm starting eighth, and i got to get to third. So I go out there and basically just told myself, Kevin, fucking don't go. make, don't make any mistakes, go. but go. Like, go. Don't worry about anybody being mad at you. So they throw the green, and immediately I had tunnel vision. Just go to the front. And uh, I think we got to fifth by lap five. And I think I was in fourth by lap, like there was three to go, I think lap three or four to go. You might, yeah, it might've been four to go. I think you might've been four to go. So lap six or seven, I'm running fourth and, uh, I'm a little bit behind the top three. I catch them and with two to go, uh, so I'm, I'm pressuring third and they're kind of coming down and I'm backing off. So two to go, like they throw the white, or what is it? The white and the checker, and they're holding it's the white popsicle yeah, sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two to go, and uh, I'm in fourth, and I go, I have one car that I have to pass, and I got two laps to do it, or I'm going home. So uh, long story short, we go into turn one with two to go. I uh, get underneath the 56 for third, and uh, slide up into his door move them up a little bit and I go by and I get third place. So we make the show. Well, let's uh, just back up. All right. Okay. So my brother, I've watched my brother many years. I videoed pretty much almost every race. And there's a lot of proof backing up that he's a very clean driver. Okay. So, and it happens in racing. There's, I mean, this, the, the whole, uh, you know, racing incident is always one of those con- controversial situations there but you know when you're when you're in the heat of the moment and you, you you barrel into the turn you kind of he didn't hop any tires you know but when you got when you got to go for it you got to go for it so well i think um i've never wanted to gain a position unfairly and in 17 years i've made it a point that if i'm going to get by somebody i'm going to do it the right way and i'm going to do it cleanly and in this event uh, we had 10 laps and I had to pass five cars and I passed, uh, you know, I, I guess I would say four out of the five cleanly. But when I got to the 56, uh, there was two to go or three to go 
and uh, I was clearly faster than him, and I had tried to pass him in a couple corners. He came down to try to block, which he should because he was in the final transfer spot with two to go. Uh, I was still clearly faster than him, and, um, you know, I backed out a couple of times, and when we came across to get two to go, I got under him, and he came down to block me again, and I basically just didn't lift. And uh, we bumped, and he went up, and I went by, and uh, got into third, sole possession, came around, took the white, and finished the lap. And uh, to Dan's point, I mean, I've made a career out of racing cleanly. I don't feel bad about the way that I got third place. I mean, uh, we tried to pass him clean for a couple laps, and uh, he tried to block, which he should have because it was the final transfer spot. And finally, you know, when you're faster than somebody in a situation like that and he comes down to block, at some point you've got to take the spot. You got to go for it. And we did. I mean, that's what we came down there for. We came down there to make the A main, and that was the transfer spot, and we got it. Um, And I won't forget. I'll never forget this. You came in to the pit. And, of course, I mean, I'm just as excited as my brother who's racing. And I'm just the guy in the grandstands. I might even be more excited than he is, but he sat there in his car, and I remember the look. He just looked straight out of the window in almost disbelief, like we made it. You know what I mean? And and I I say that because we had a ten hour drive down to PA, and that ten hour drive was basically like, all right, dude, we got to make the show. But if if we make the show, we've won. We can finish dead last and fucking destroy the car you know what i mean in the a main but as long as we make it we've won so when he pulled in and i'm rushing down and i i look at him he sat there for a good 30 seconds just staring out the window i'll never forget that because that was it was like i don't know nostalgic for me too you know what i mean so it was kind of cool just we're like he said before and we've probably beaten the dead horse but um you know, we're just these fucking two redneck guys from Maine, some somewhere in the sticks, and we come down to some foreign country and somehow fucking make it in. So it's kind of nice, you know, like, you got to beat and bang a little bit, but sometimes that's what you got to do, you know? Well, the, the, uh, <clears throat> the interesting part about that take is that uh, for 17 years, I've literally, like, hurt myself in situations by not being aggressive enough i've backed out of the throttle i've hit the brakes yeah, and that's not what i'm saying either no i'm no. not saying that you know i, I mean? understand but let me finish so like i've i've made a career out of being the nice guy and the old saying is that the nice guys finish last and that's been really true a lot of times but when you come down to a national event like this and I mean, they got 33 semi-pros and 24 are going to make the A-main, okay? And you're in the last chance qualifier. You've stuck the throttle the night before and absolutely destroyed the car, and you've got guys that you don't even know coming down to change parts out, help you fix the car. I mean, Props, boys, props. Thank you all. I still don't know everybody, but, like... um, when you go through adversity like that and you finally get the car back together, right, and you finish third and you make the A main, there were so many people that came down to the car, the car in the pit and was just like, dude, 
I was friends with the guy that you moved to finish third, and I was rooting for you. Like, just the whole the whole thing, the whole just destroying the car the night before, working our asses off to fixing it, and then coming from the back and finishing third and making the pass with two to go and just getting into the main event was everything that we worked for. We didn't want to work that hard. We didn't want to destroy the car, but we went down there to make the A main, and we did. And we didn't want to stay up till <laughs> 2 o'clock every night, but we did. We had, well, we did what we had to do. Yeah, I mean, we didn't want to go through that kind of adversary, adversity, but we did, and we, we fixed the car, and we got it into the A main against all odds. And so to Dan's point, like when I pulled off the track, there's a couple things. There's a couple of reasons why I was kind of staring and sitting in the car. And here's the two. So the first reason was, oh, my God, I did it. You know, I made the show. That was kind of shocking in itself. But the other part of it was the guy that pitted right next to me was the guy that gave me the suspension for my right front to get back out there and allowed me to use his garage to fix the car and put the setup back in it. And I did have to pass him in the race, in the last chance qualifier, to get by him to make it to third. And um, that pass, as much as I wanted it to be clean, I did hit his door and I did kind of move him up. And it wasn't on purpose. Uh, Absolutely not. Like, I wanted to pass him as clean as possible. But just, you know, in the urgency of a 10-lap last chance race, we did bump. I did move him up. And I did go by. And I felt really, really bad about it. And uh, I was sitting in the car just kind of wondering how that was all going to play out when I got out of the car. Because I just made it into the show. And he did not. And part of that was because I got into him and he had just spent the last 24 hours helping me get my car ready. So um, me being just a totally conscientious uh, racer. You know, racer and just like I, I – the last thing you want to do is is get into somebody that's helped you fix your car. You know, like I, I wanted to race him clean and I tried my ass off to do that but I did end up getting into him and I felt really bad. And so when we came into the pits after we got third and we made it into the show, I basically just sat there and tried to collect my thoughts because I knew that I was really excited, but I also, um, self-consciously were kind of, uh, I just felt bad. I just felt bad about getting into Sean. You know, and and I got to tip my hat to Sean Miller because you know, the, I, my he doesn't my brother doesn't do that like intentionally I'm sure I'm sure he was a little hot headed maybe um, but he's also he's a racer at heart and uh, I think he he wanted this so bad and he might might have drove it in the turn a little bit too much maybe I don't know you know it's something new to all of us it was new to me it was new to him it was new to my uncle it's only three of us there but it. Uh, it was just, uh, I think, I want to say it was just a racing incident. And I, I honestly, I tip my hat to Sean Miller for even helping us out and going as far as he went for helping us to get there. But, um, you know, it, if there's any animosity at all, I'm, I, I would like to personally say sorry if there is. Um, but uh, 
I, I honestly think that Sean is a very humble guy, and he, uh, like I said, he's helped. He he was standing there with us the entire time we were fixing our car. So, uh, props to him. And uh, it it was, I mean, it was a great race. It was just kind of you, you had a couple of racing incidents, and no one really, no one really blew anyone into the wall or anything. It was just kind of. It was you know, a soft hard, bump. Hard I mean, racing, it, you know. It was one of those deals where you know he was kind of fading. Unfortunately, you know his car was fading in the field. He was moving backwards. I was moving forward. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, my previous, before this race, my previous experience at this track had only been hot laps and time trials. I was by myself. Um, I had no experience racing around other guys because when you're doing hot laps and practice, like your whole thing is to not race close to other people because you don't want to fuck up your lap times. Like you're trying to figure out how quick is your car. So then your first time on the track in a competition event where you're like, it's now or never, you have to either go from eighth to third and make the race in 10 laps or nothing. That was what I was up against. And, uh, you know, Sean was going backwards and I was going forward and I really, really tried to pass him cleanly, and um, I just misjudged, yeah, and I stopped. slid up a little bit. It wasn't bad. I, it was just a little bit, and I hit his rear tire, and I kind of moved him up, and I went by, and um, I felt I felt really bad about it. And the thing was is when I came in, you know, we had finished third. We knew we made the, the main event, which was everything that we had gone down there to do. Like our whole goal was to make the A main in the Dirt Nationals. And despite hanging a throttle and destroying the car the night before, we did that, which was just like making the A main was going to be cool enough in itself, but making the A main after that kind of adversity was just even better. It was the frosting on the cake. And so I was elated. Like I was so happy. And I came in and I saw Tom Sawyer, our uncle, like he had the biggest smile on his face. And he was like, dude, enjoy this. Enjoy what you just accomplished. And I did. But there was a little bit of me that just felt bad because Sean Miller, I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have. You never want to get into another racer. I mean, well, I would not have been in that race if Sean Miller did not give us literally an upper and lower control arm for the right front we didn't have that like we would have had to gone to the u.s legends parts trailer and spent 200 more dollars than we did Uh, i mean it's like the it was the fucking perfect paradigm i mean you couldn't get any more perfect than that and i don't mean that in a good way i mean like it was like a very intense paradigm to go through for for everyone involved you know what i mean so but we, I mean, like, I, I mean, I saw you get out and you, you talked to him and he talked, you guys were talking a little bit and we see, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I was kind of floating in the background, probably drinking another BLA because that's what I do. And, uh, I mean, it seemed, Sean seemed like a pretty good, cool, like, like I've said before, he's a fuck, he's a humble motherfucking guy, dude. He's a real good guy. So like. That whole family, so the, the crazy thing is, is that their family, they run their race team as Miller Family Racing. 
which doesn't sound like much to just the average listener, but the race team that we have here is called Oliver Family Racing. And the reason why is because we race two to three times a year, and that's it. And we do it because we're a family that loves racing, and we just kind of get together, and we go out, and we have fun. And the crazy thing was driving 10 hours to Lincoln Speedway for the Dirt Nationals, we ended up pitting next to another team that was exactly like us and just happened to live two driveways up from the Speedway. And their team was Miller Family Racing. So we've got basically our team, which is just like a low-budget family team, pitting next to another low-budget family team. And, you know, we have spent a career helping other people. And um, these guys took no... Pretty much done the same thing. Yeah, they they took absolutely zero... um, Didn't hesitate to just say, hey, whatever you need, we're going to help you fix it. And by the way, if you need to come up to our garage tomorrow, you can use it. Um, That's what I I love about the the race community. And people always say, oh, why do you like watching cars go turn left it's not about turning left it's not about going fast it's the family it's you know it's about like helping your fellow teammates i mean there was uh that what was it wiscasset speedway we had a uh we were in the truck series um maybe i don't know what was it 10 years ago um had a we were running for the championship and our the the guy that we were running against or chasing uh, blew his transmission. Uh, this was the last race of the season. We had it was, to beat his, it was his rear end gears. Rear end gears. Okay, we had to beat him by like what two spots, maybe. I think at the time we were about twenty points back. Okay, well, whatever it was, it was it was a close battle. So he blew his rear end transmission gears, and uh, we had a set. My brother went straight up to him. I didn't do it. My father didn't do it. My brother went up to him to his own competitor who he was racing against to win the championship for the not, championship yeah not just the race gave him the rear end transmission and uh or helped him change it set of gears whatever the hell it was and uh i mean it, it was a close battle at the end but i mean we, we ended up losing by a few points but the same token it's like you know what you give you will receive later on that's a good that's a good way to look at it. I mean, like in that scenario, that was back in 2008 and uh, that's the closest that we've ever come to winning a championship. We were second in points. The point leader was James Swan. Uh, he had a black number 3 like Dale Earnhardt. He blew the rear end gears in practice and we had a set of gears that would fit his truck and uh, carried it down there, helped him change it and basically told James like you know, man, if, if I do nothing, I'm going to win the championship by default, and I don't want to do that. I want to help you get your car or your truck, I guess, back out on the track, and I want to race you for it because that's what we've done all year long. I mean, we've spent six months racing each other. I don't want to win the championship because you couldn't compete. So, um, you know, that's just the way we do things, and – uh, we ended up losing that championship by eight points, and that's fine. Um, that's the way that I want it to go down. So when we come down to Pennsylvania and, and we're 
with a bunch of strangers. Help. Like right. all these guys, like they just jump on board and they try to help us. And that's the way the racing family is. And uh, I think there's a lot of, I guess, karma maybe that goes in with that because, you know, we've spent 17 years just helping people and then it came back. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, you know, we made the show. And that's what we went down there to do. And uh, it was all, a lot of fun. Man. All goals achieved, baby. We had um, a uh, hell of a time, too. It's nothing like dirt. Nothing like dirt. I've only raced twice on dirt. And, I mean, honestly, if I didn't race anything ever again other than dirt, I'd be happy. Dirt oh, is yeah, so too. fun. I love yeah. asphalt, too, but dirt is just a different thing. I mean... My, it's my all throttle and wheel. Yeah. I mean, y you really manhandle the car. Like, you, you go into the corner, you pitch the car. And you and, let it do its thing, and you fucking wheel that bitch around it. Yeah, I mean, you, you pitch it, and it's all throttle after that. Throttle and wheel. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go to work in the morning every day and just hit the turns as fast as I can. Um, actually, I don't do that. Not Cumberland County. I don't do that, actually. But... It's the same effect, you know. You know, you, you, you kind of just wanna, you wanna hit that apex as fast as you can, and and turn that car around the turn as fast as you can. It's it's awesome, man. Even me, I'm just like the pit crew guy, but I love watching those cars go around, and like, the you know, if you go around that turn, and you can, you can carry that momentum around the turn, faster each lap. Oh man, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. The interesting thing is, um, you know, we've spent all this time racing asphalt ovals, and we've been kind of like a 10th place guy. And to go down, literally, like the first ever dirt race, we were battling for the top five with NASCAR guys. And then the second ever dirt race, we went to the Nationals, and we were fast. I mean, we were like top... some of the fucking dirt legends, too. We were real quick. And it makes me wonder... If all those years when we were in high school and I had that black 2002 pickup truck and we would go to the Great New Gloucester High School parking lot and um, just These tool around. Brody, Brody's tool, baby. Tool around <laughs> in the snow, right? And get completely sideways and just we're sideways, 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 and we're just kind of like going around how, the corner. How long can we handle this? <laughs> how long can we drift? Are we going to hit this building or not? <laughs> it makes me really wonder if all those years that we fucked around in the snow is the reason why I'm not terrible at dirt racing. <laughs> not so that bad at dirt racing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're like, we're kind of like mediocre on asphalt ovals, but when it comes to dirt, we're pretty fucking good. And I don't know if it has anything to do with just racing around in the snow. But um, either way... I, I do have to, before we go too far, uh, I do have to just say some thanks because when we decided to go to the Dirt Nationals, this was literally just a dream that I had. And uh, there's a lot of people that stepped up to make it happen. And I want to take a second, just thank all those people. So first and foremost, Tom Sawyer, uh, he's my uncle. He's been showing up to the track basically every time we go to race whether it be White Mountain, Beach Ridge, no matter what. 
Um, he's throwing me money for tires. He's Venmoed me money just for gas to get to the track. Just he's an active member. Just love, Venmoed, loves to come out. We, we love to have him out too. He's Venmoed money just for anything to kind of make our team progress forward, even without any, like, you know, we don't ask him for any of that stuff. He just does it because he loves it, and he just shows up, and he's my uncle, and I love having him there. Um, Tom Sawyer, thank you so much. Uh, literally, this whole experience would not have been nearly as good without you being there. Um, also, we've got Scott Hersey. He bought me a tire. Friend of mine, thank you so much, Scott, for the tire. Uh, Alicia Shores, um, Dan, my brother, spent countless hours helping me get the car ready, countless dollars uh, on parts getting the car ready. My father, Tom, just, you know, whatever we needed, yeah, the garage. Yeah. He, I mean, over the years, he's just been there. Whatever we needed, that, got it that done. That last push to get us out the door, even though he didn't want us to leave. <laughs> yeah, when he didn't want us to go race, he still helped us go race. Um, man. So many people, I mean. Mike Humphrey gave me a full bottle of nitrogen, which we didn't end up being able to use, but gave it to us, said, go use it and bring it back when you're done. Uh, Terry Daly gave us a enclosed trailer to go down there um that we had to empty out but we were able to use his enclosed trailer uh, i'm trying to think of like everybody that just helped us out man yeah absolutely terry in, in a clutch situation too like he uh he didn't even hesitate he you know we had like two days to get down there before we had to leave and he just said yep take this trailer so i i'm, I'm just gonna emphasize that because uh thank you terry i mean you I probably said it in beating the, the horse beyond six feet, but uh, he came in clutch. He really helped us out. Um, but, yeah, there's so many people that have helped us get to where we are, and it's 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 phenomenal how much uh, camaraderie comes into this sport. Yeah, uh, Bob Weymouth, Bob Weymouth uh, adjusted my valves. He actually turned me on to this event so without him i might not have even known about it uh kevin gerard jr he sold us um countless a, parts countless parts but a beadlock rim and gave me two weeks to pay for it which was great uh man there's just there's so many people that that made this trip happen and um for a team that really had no money and was just rubbing pennies together and had hopes and dreams. We went down there and uh, on our second ever dirt race, like made the A main after destroying the car on a stuck throttle in time trials. And I could not Which be more doesn't thankful. Really, doesn't really happen unless you watch it in a movie. <laughs> I'm going to add that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I it was, uh, you know, it was not ideal, but, it, you know, it, it couldn't have been more of a, a storybook type of a show, and, and there were so many people that just made it happen. Josh Varney allowed us to use his radios, which, sorry, Josh, uh, they they did not allow us to use radios, but 
he let me take him down there. Um, there's just so many people that that had some sort of a part in us getting down to the Dirt Nationals, and uh, I just want to thank you all. Um, it was a dream come true. Uh, we had to go through a lot of adversity, but it would not have been possible without so many people stepping up. Thanks thank to you, you all. We fucking made it, baby. We made the A main. Uh, we finished 19th out of 24, so not great. Um, but we got involved in an early race caution, uh, got into the wall, fucked the car up. But, hey, 19th, beat five cars, made the A main. That's what we went down there to do. And I just want to thank everybody for supporting us. Uh, it was a great time. And, and uh, we also found a, a bunch of BLAs. Which, if none of you folks out there know what the hell VLA stands for, which I I would uh, suspect probably most of you don't, VLA is uh, Bushlight Apple, which is a limited edition that only came out this summer, and uh, we were turned on to it by a good old friend, the Bradford uh, Saucier, Bradford Saucier, Saucier, is it Saucier, Saucier? Uh, so Bradford Saucier. Saucier he, he was like, hey, BLAs, get them. And we called numerous stores. Lots of people. Probably like a good 20. And my brother and I were going down there, and I wanted some BLAs because fucking Bushlight Apple's good. And uh, he was like, did you call this place? Did, I, did you call that place? And we finally found one place that sold them. We got some BLAs, baby. Limited edition. Went down there, uh, made the race, got our BLAs, everything was good. So I think we did what we needed to do. Um, thank everybody for the support and just wanted to kind of share this story with everyone. What's next for all of racing team? All of racing team has a race car that's slightly bent, but I think we're going to fix it up. We're going to keep it as a backup, and I think we're going to – Get another car, have a two-car team, and we're going to go after potentially a Thursday Thunder Championship next year. What do you think? Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's, uh, it's a dream like this was, but uh, we're going to go after it. Appreciate everybody uh, supporting our team. Love you all. We'll talk soon. Thanks, folks. One more thing. Uh, I need to really thank Derek Neeland in Derek Neeland Racing. Uh, he stepped up big this year, helped us out a ton. Uh, all the years, Derek's a big friend of mine. Um, going back to high school, went to Beechridge, watched him race in the Beetlebugs and the Sport Series. Actually tried to buy one of his uh, Sport Series cars back when I was a aspiring race car driver that had no money lad yeah um love derek um big supporter even though he's nascar big time still has not forgotten where he came from and he's still supporting local guys and he's supporting me and derek uh, i really really appreciate everything that you've done for our team so thank you derek neeland racing uh, one other thing, though, that we forgot to address is that when we were going through safety tech 
on Thursday, we happened to be behind a car that was number 44. 44. And it was an old guy. And I just didn't really think anything of it until I found out that the guy's name was Nelson Stewart. And it was Tony Stewart's father. Pretty fucking cool. Tony Stewart's father was racing in the same dirt nationals as me at Lincoln Speedway in Pennsylvania. And the guy was 82 years old and just as racy as the rest of us. Fucking God love Nelson Stewart. He had more juice than a than a pickle jar. The guy, the guy was yeah. For eighty two years old, that guy had way more juice than I did. And I mean, I'm fucking thirty. I'm you know a young guy. And the guy was fucking. He was helping other people. Like he was helping more people help their cars push forward than he was his own. <laughs> I mean, we had to step in and help push his car because he was helping other people. Like this guy. Fucking great A. You're a class act right there. I think the important thing to to hammer home here is that you got guys like us, right? Um, just some field filler asphalt oval guys up here in Beechridge. Like, we're a 10th place car. We go down to Pennsylvania for the Dirt Nationals. We're just living a dream, right? And there's so many other people down there that were just living a dream. There was 80 legend cars total amongst all the divisions, Pro, semi-pro, masters, and young lions. 80 cars. So many guys were just down there living their dream. And then you run across a guy like Nelson Stewart, who is the father of one of the greatest NASCAR Cup Series drivers of all times. And this guy is literally just rolling through safety tech with a legend car that was really no nicer than ours, as best as I could tell. I mean, he just had, having fun. He didn't even paint the thing. He had just like original white paneled legend fenders on the thing and like a black body. <laughs> like just just kind of threw it all together, and this guy was just rolling out there like like he was just some regular guy, you know? Well, he is, and that's the point that I want to make is that like Tony Stewart is one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time, three-time Series Cup champ. And his father, 82 years old, is racing a legend car at the Dirt Nationals for fun. And literally just rolling through tech and having a good time and bantering and shooting the shit shit. with a guy like me. And uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean... These people, like Tony Stewart even, like we're all just people. We're all just racers. And to have a guy like Tony Stewart's dad just fucking hanging out and rolling through tech. Just, shooting the shit with Just having guys, fun. You know, here we are. You know, just having fun. Yeah, having fun. You would think that like, okay, I'm Tony Stewart's dad. I'm going to be like over here, you know. Doing no. my own thing. No, no. He's out there. He's fucking right there with the rest of us. He's right he's there got with a the rest of us. Heart with yes. a passion of racing. Um, God love you, Nelson Stewart. Uh, tell Tony to bring legend cars to Aldora because I think that would be fucking awesome. I know that you raced there once and almost died, so maybe that's not a thing. But um, yeah, more dirt is better. 
God love Nelson Stewart. God love fucking Ron Hornaday for coming down and fixing our car. God love you all for listening to this fucking podcast. And uh, thanks for all the support. Thanks for uh, Terry Daly. Thanks for Ron Hornaday, Scott Hersey, Tom Sawyer, Alicia Shores, everybody that's helped us out. My wife, my kids, my dad, Dan. Um, let's fucking kill this thing. What yeah. do you think? All right. Yeah, we've, we've probably beaten it dead. So, yeah, thanks for listening, folks. All right. Uh, we'll be back here with episode 15, hopefully sooner than what it took to get episode 14. We'll see you.